0: We think about how different brands connect with their buyers these days to the consumer. It's not necessarily through ads. It's not necessarily through different commercials, but yet they're partnering with influencers. They're partnering with people who have a following that are trusted by that following.
1: Listening to Banking on Digital Growth with James Robert Lay
2: Greetings and hello, I am James Robert Lay and welcome to the 96th episode of the Banking on Digital Growth podcast. Today's episode is part of the Exponential Insight series, and I'm excited to welcome Natalie Bartholomew to the show. Natalie is a career banker with experience in a variety of areas and currently serves as the Chief Administrative Officer and Vice President of Grand Savings Bank, a community bank in Northwest Arkansas and Oklahoma. In November of 2017, Natalie launched the Girl Banker blog in hopes of creating a voice for women in banking and working moms, and then launched the Girl Banker podcast in 2019. And I'm excited to talk with natalie today about the journey that she has had her experience the lessons that she's learned about building a personal brand which has been a theme on other shows that we've had recently here on the banking on digital growth podcast so with that welcome to the show natalie
0: thank you so much it's awesome to be here
2: i am glad you are here and before we get into the conversation about building a personal brand as a banker i always like to start things off on a positive note what are you excited about right now, either personally or professionally?
0: You know, I'm really excited about the idea of seeing some of my bank marketing friends in person sometime this year. It's always so great to see everybody and to reconnect and to have that network of 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 friends that we don't necessarily compete with each other, but we're able to bounce ideas off of and and see each other and connect. And so, knowing that that is on the horizon definitely has me excited right now.
2: It's that idea of collaboration. That's another theme that that is coming out of these conversations. For example, just in episode number ninety-five with JP Nichols, we actually opened up the show talking about collaboration. And to that point, you know, I think collaboration in this post-COVID world is going to create far more exponential value for financial brands when you think about collaborative opportunities, where have you been able to collaborate with others just from the work that you've been doing? What what's a practical example there?
0: Oh my gosh, there's been there's been a lot. Honestly, one of the things that I really preach whenever I speak to women in banking conferences is just the power of having a network. And whether that network exists online, wherever that network exists within your community, the ability to reach out and collaborate and keep the creative juices flowing and to stay excited and motivated within your line of work is just so important. I think especially in the world of COVID, it's really easy for that motivation to kind of be stifled. And I know it has been for me. And just having that network of, like-minded individuals or people that are in the same industry, being able to reach out to them and chat and see what they're doing. And knowing that we're all dealing with the same thing, but collaborating that way has, has been fantastic. I wouldn't trade that network for anything.
2: Absolutely. And this idea of collaboration, both, you know, within the industry and then also outside building a personal brand, I think kind of plays hand in hand with that. And and once again, this is a subject that's been coming up over and over again from many different angles, conversations that I've been having. And for context with the dear listener, I'm just going to rattle off some of these episode number 85, Jody from social assurance, episode number 80, Doug from denim social episode number 70, Greg, a commercial lender from Truist who's been building the entrepreneurs banker brand and podcast Episode number sixty-two, Carrie Ann from JMB Group, who's running the internal marketing podcast, and then episode number fifty-one with Jay Palter, who shares some fantastic perspective around using social media as a time multiplier when it comes to just making human connections to others. So, if you've not heard these conversations just yet, dear listener, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them after the conversation Natalie and I are having today, because once again, there's tremendous opportunities for financial brands to educate, to empower their bankers, to build their own. Own personal brands as part of a future growth strategy in this post-COVID world because that can help then build networks to help build communities but let's start with the end in mind Natalie when it comes to this idea of building a personal brand why should a banker build a personal brand in the first place what should that end goal be <laughs>
0: So first and foremost, there's nothing sexy about banking. And I I laugh. That's kind of my tagline in terms of bank marketing. There's literally nothing super exciting about banking. And if you can make that exciting, if you can add a personal element to that, I think you're already one step ahead. So being able to build a brand, not only around just what you do for your bank, but who you are in your community and what value you add to the industry or to your community in general, I think makes you so much more relatable. We think about how different brands connect with their their buyers these days to the consumer. It's not necessarily through ads. It's not necessarily through different commercials, but yet they're, they're partnering with influencers. They're partnering with people who have a following that are trusted by that following. Let's use the beauty industry, for example. You've got all these influencers who are using these different different types of makeups, makeup brands. And when they test it out and they show the the difference it makes for them and how they love it and they're able to give their take on this makeup people will go and buy it out, it'll be sold out. There's yes. a particular type of mascara that it was trending on TikTok this summer and it was only $9. And you can get it at Target, you can get it at Walmart, you can get it at, at Walgreens. And people lost their mind over it because all of these influencers were talking about it on social media. So you think about how bankers have the ability to kind of do that in their own authentic way through social media by building their own brand, because I truly feel from the community banking space that people bank with people. That's kind of our mantra here at Grand Savings Bank. We're in Northwest Arkansas, Northeast Oklahoma, specifically in Northwest Arkansas. We have the home office of Walmart. We have Tyson Foods. We have J.B. Hunt. We have a lot of industry here. We are growing rapidly. We have banks on every corner. Everybody wants a piece of the pie of what's happening here in Northwest Arkansas. And so bankers are kind of becoming a hot commodity and, but banks are everywhere. So when you think about, I don't really care if it's so much in the digital space or in the personal space or not. At the end of the day, if you have banking questions, you want to deal with somebody that you know and trust. And so people bank with people, not so much with that bank. And as a banker, there's an immense amount of opportunity there to establish yourself as a trusted individual in that space, whether you're a mortgage lender, whether you're a commercial lender, whether you're on the business banking side, whether whatever it is you do. I even think there's room for that in the IT space. I definitely think there is in the marketing side. It not only helps you to connect at a different level with the consumer and tie your bank's brand back in with that, but it also makes you more marketable as an individual and adds just a different level of value to the everyday idea of what a banker does. So I think if you're not kind of attaching yourself to this mentality in some form or fashion, you're really missing out on what the future of banking looks like.
2: And that's the key. It's the future of banking and it's bringing the future into the present moment because Mm -hmm. banking has been, banking is, and I really predict banking will continue to be, to use your words, boring, but also now to reference yeah. Justin Timberlake, you know, we can bring sexy back to banking <laughs> yeah. by building a personal brand because people do bank with other people and people trust other people. And this idea of the personal brand, whether it be in the digital world, or the physical world, or I believe it's kind of a mix of both at the community mm-hmm. level, because we can build relationships on both sides of the equation. There's a tremendous opportunity for growth. And before we get into the, maybe some of the hows, I want to just reflect on your own story, your own journey for the dear listener, because you started the blog in 2017, the Girl Mm -hmm. Banker blog, you started the Girl Banker podcast in 2019. So we're going back uh, about four years now to the blog, two years to the podcast. What have been some of the top insights, the lessons that you've learned just along the way on your own journey here?
0: Yeah. So to kind of lead in how the Girl Banker blog even came about was just out of a recognition for women to have a voice within the space of community banking. Um yes. in 2017 there was a lot going on culturally. There was the Me Too movement. There was just a lot of recognition around women in the business place in general. I myself was coming back from maternity leave after having my youngest son and just kind of soul searching of like where do I belong in this long term and who's out there advocating for me? And was definitely very inspired by Jill Casilla from Citizens Bank of Edmond and the personal yes. brand that she was building, and seeing that hey, this this woman has this incredible following and this incredible voice and is at this little bank in, in central Oklahoma, and wow, look at the waves that she's creating. And also was there was a lot of different things happening. So coming back from maternity leave, being really inspired by Jill and just had had attended a couple of banking association events myself and in just surveying the room as a young female so i was in my mid 30s i consider myself still young recognizing that wow there's not many people like me here one there's not very many women Two, there's not very many young women. Along that time, also, I was going and speaking to young, to high school students about opportunities in banking. You know, just doing kind of career fair stuff. Those are things that bankers get asked to do a lot. And realizing that whenever I would go and speak, that the young women in the room were so disengaged, they could care less. They were couldn't care less. They were not interested at all about careers in banking. And so that coupled with just seeing that, wow, if if somebody doesn't do something, if somebody doesn't start advocating for women in this industry, then what does the future look like? How do we have any room to, to complain or be a discontent with this situation if we're not out there doing the work to, to make this better? Because it's not going to just happen for us. And so I have a, a dear friend and mentor that was my agency of record and still is. Um, I was at a different bank at that time and was in the process of about to transition to to the bank that I'm at now while kind of thinking through this whole opportunity of doing a blog because she kept encouraging me, you should, you should consider doing a blog. And I, I was thinking, what do I have to say that anyone cares to read about, what anyone cares to listen to? until it all just kind of hit me one day as an epiphany of, Someone needs to be advocating for women in this space, not only women that are already working as bankers or are near the end of their career, but also the young women who aren't even thinking about banking as a career opportunity. I grew up always knowing I was going to be a banker. I played banker as a kid. I was the one. I always tell this story whenever I speak to conferences that whenever I would go to the mall, back when people went to the mall, um, we, right. <laughs> I, I would like, I guess that was a thing um in the, in the eighties and nineties, I would come home with my little purse full of credit card applications. And it's not because I wanted the credit cards. It was because I just wanted to fill out the form. So I had just this weird nerdy attraction to filling out forms and, and the whole idea of business. And I had a grandfather that was in, in banking and, and kind of grew up going to see him there and just knew that that's what I wanted to do. But when you speak to these young women, realizing that they have zero interest, they They see this barrier of entry, that it's a man's world and there's no opportunity for them within the banking industry. So it all kind of came together. My friend, Allison, my mentor, she was like, what about the girl banker? It's kind of like a play on girl boss. And that was kind of a big thing. And it also speaks to young women. And so we ran with it. I ran with it. We created the website and here we are. So it just kind of came out of all of that, but realizing at the very end that there was a major need for this advocacy and for this motivation and for just this discussion that women have so many opportunities within banking and community banking. There are a lot of opportunities for young women to consider. We've got to be advocating to them to tell them the opportunities that are available. It's not just stuffy in a suit in an office from eight to five. You know, there's IT opportunities, there's marketing opportunities, there's the production side there's so many different moving parts and we need that new, fresh insight. And so young women need to know that these opportunities exist. And if we aren't telling them about it, then who is? So um, it's, that, that's the end goal. It's to not only create advocacy, um, help to speak to uh, promotion of, of women within the bank system, within bank boards, both at the national level, association level, et cetera, but also to be telling those young women, hey, there's a place for you here.
1: loans, and deposits. Now, back to the show.
2: When you think about this journey, it has been four years, and I think that's, you're, you're playing a long game, When and I think for anyone who's looking to build a personal brand, it has to be a long game mentality, because it takes time, but you're going to reach a point to where you're like, wow. Wow. Because I think at first there's that mental block of, and you said this, like, what do I have to offer? What value can I create? And you found a niche perspective, which this actually Mm -hmm. echoes back to a conversation that I was having with Joe Polizzi who was the founder and CEO of the content marketing Institute and has just released a new book called content Inc second edition. And it really is about defining a niche audience that you can create value for and around. And this idea of value creation for yourself, but also just you've got the digital side in the industry, but then what about the work that you're doing locally as well. How has your personal brand helped create value on that front locally within just the communities that you're serving as a banker?
0: Yeah, so and and that's a really good point because that's a question I get a lot. Like, how does your bank handle the fact that you have kind of this side gig of this advocacy for women in banking? But I mean, it's it's helped to, and it takes a while to build this brand. I mean, consistency, being authentic, being sure that I'm showing the real me and putting myself out there in that right way. But it's brought recognition to Grand Savings Bank. We're a small community bank. We're seven hundred million in assets located in Northwest Arkansas and Northeast Oklahoma, but I've had the opportunity to speak on the national level at the financial brand at different American banking association events and represent grand savings bank and while doing it. And so I think that's one thing is, is, is knowing that not only are you helping to, it's not just about getting yourself out there and to do it that way, but also to be able to talk, tell the story of what your bank is doing. And so I think it's been fantastic as a bank marketer to be able to carry the bank along with me. I think that's a huge piece of what I do without the, being a banker. I'm just the girl, right? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not the girl banker. So it's... And I'm able to really relate to women in banking because I'm a banker. I've done this for 20 years. And to be able to, to carry the bank's brand along with it is, has been fantastic. And so um, when I very first started the Girl Banker blog, I had kind of put out on my personal Facebook page just kind of a general post more a- along the lines of, of mom guilt and what others were dealing with. and kind of realizing too that this this whole blog could really speak to working moms in general. It doesn't have to be just within the financial industry. and realizing that there's so many so many women that have this story where we feel guilty of either being at work and not home with our family or being at home with our family and feeling guilty for not being at work. right? And so there was a lot of engagement on this particular post when I first put this out. And I had kind of mentioned, hey, I'm working on a project. It was before I launched the blog. And the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal had reached out to me and had, and they were like, hey, what's this all about? And so I kind of told them what was going on and ended up getting a front cover story to kind of talk about this this new blog and what it was going to be doing. And so it did immediately create a buzz here locally and the bank was able to get recognition out of that as well. So it's, it's definitely a lot of work. It's definitely something you have to be super focused on consistency and understand that that comes slowly. To me, it's all about engagement, not so much having, you know, a hundred thousand followers. Like you see some influencers do, I don't really consider myself an influencer but to me, it's more about the good conversations I get to have with women in banking, either through Instagram chat or Facebook chat, or I have a private Facebook group where it's for women in banking only. It's just under four thousand women at this wow. point, and um, the conversations that happen in there are worth every minute of the work that goes into to creating this platform. So, you know, I may not have. Two or three hundred thousand followers, like you see some of the TikTok influencers have, or whatever. But I am having meaningful, meaningful conversations on a regular basis that drive empathy and solutions to issues that we're dealing with on a regular basis for women in banking. And to me, that's that's what it's all about.
2: It's this idea. I think you know when you you, you throw the word influencer around, people think you know hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, a million followers, quote unquote, but. In the banking space, I think the opportunity, particularly at the local market level or, or with the, in the work that you're doing, is more of what I would call a micro-influencer. And the mm-hmm. micro-influencer, back to your point, it is about engagement. It's about conversations. It's about the relationship of people. And so you touched on this before, but I want to come back to it because I, I know there are some who are listening who... I can hear that either a they want to go down this path themselves or b they're like, I'm not really sure because building a personal brand might be a competitive threat um, mm-hmm. what insights or recommendations could you provide to really I think transform this thinking that is rooted where what I would call scarcity mindset? How could you overcome some of those objections in someone's mind that either, they're not sure about it themselves mm-hmm. or they're thinking this would never work because that's a conflict of interest.
0: So this may not directly answer your question, but a friend of mine in the banking industry that has always wanted to build a personal brand, but didn't want to put the time and effort into doing it. I've always said, it's not worth it then. If you aren't interested or fully ready to put yourself out there, then don't do it because you're not going to be successful. If you're not willing to, to be authentic and to post regularly, I mean, you're, you're, you're going against an algorithm too. So you're not only creating a brand and trying to tell your story and do all the good things with content and all that good stuff. But you're also going against a machine. <laughs> so so you you kind of have to play this game, right? And if you are not fully into it or bought into it and understand and see the value and engagement and t- and and really putting yourself in a space to, to be tell the narrative of the story of either your bank or your career, then you're not gonna be successful at doing it. If you want to pay someone to do it for you, I think you're gonna be, you're gonna fail. Yep. Because it, I think people will be able to sense that inauthenticity inauthent- just immediately because, I mean, you'll get canceled. <laughs> you've, gotta, you've got to be real and you have got to be willing to do that work of knowing that if if I'm getting these private messages and I'm not responding to them, if I've got comments on my posts and I'm not engaging back and recognizing them, then it's all for nothing. Yep. So I really feel that as a banker, That if you see a value of building a personal brand and understanding that it puts you in the driver's seat of telling your own story and your bank story, giving you the competitive edge of being out there in the community banking space as someone that you can know and trust, just like you see these influencers do just on, like you said, a micro level. If you don't see the value in that, then don't do this sure because you just keep doing whatever it is you've been doing and go down that the old road of of how bankers are and you may just be fine or you may get left behind i don't know i think it depends on where you are and who you are and what you're doing but also know that if you want to make the commitment to build a a, a personal brand and understanding the value that social media brings to that, you're also working against that machine. So if you're not willing to combat that too, then it's all going to be in vain. You can't half-ass it. <laughs> I'll just uh, say that.
2: No, and it's it, I've been using this analogy in a lot of the training and the coaching that I've been doing because I see that you know in almost every aspect of life, Mr. Miyagi brings a lot of wisdom here from the Karate Kid. If you walk on the right side of the road, you're okay. If you walk on the left side of the road, you're you're okay. But if you're in the middle, you got one foot in and one foot out, as Mr. Miyagi said, you're going to get just like grape, right? And so you have Mm -hmm. to really be fully committed to this journey because otherwise- it's not worth it. And, and, and with that in mind, let's say someone is, they want to fully commit. They've heard your story. They've heard Jill's and, and, and they're watching what others are doing. Like, you know, Greg with the entrepreneurs banker and Carrie Ann from, from JMMB who's, who's running the internal marketing podcast. And I think there's more stories like this popping up. Where should someone get started? Like, what would your recommendation be Where should they start their journey to build a personal brand as a banker?
0: So I get asked this a lot. And I think that first and foremost, you have to decide what sets your soul on fire. What are you most passionate about? And what niche do you want to nail down? And recognizing what other competitions in that space. I was lucky in that there really weren't a lot of women or young women really tackling the advocacy for women in banking. I mean, that's a very specific group of people. And so I kind of understood going in, this is the group that I'm targeting. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what gives me relevancy to be passionate about it as a woman in banking. And you kind of can nail it down that way. I think you have to understand you can't be everything to everybody. So you don't have to be amazing at LinkedIn and Instagram and have a TikTok account and Facebook. But more recognizing, okay, my audience, based on the niche that I'm wanting to really, really dive into, lives here. And so if they're on Facebook, as much as I hate Facebook, that's where I've got to be, right? Or if understanding, you know, the group that I really want to reach out to does live on TikTok. And if you're excited about jumping onto TikTok, then you're in luck. You've got to do what you feel comfortable with and what you feel most passionate about. Because if you have all the icky feelings, I don't know, I just kind of feel like you're going to always lean into what you're most comfortable with. Not to say that you aren't going to have to put yourself out there and lean a little bit out of your comfort zone. But the first step is to recognize where that passion is and who specifically you're speaking to. I have tried to be everything to everybody and recognizing that that's impossible was was really a good lesson for me. And also recognizing too, you're going to have some really ugly people that are haters to you and understanding that, you know what? I mean, that's there, it is what it is, and they don't define you and, you know, you move on down the road and that's, that's a lesson you're going to have to learn pretty quick in this day and time.
2: Absolutely. And to that point, this, I see an opportunity for a financial brand to do training around this internally to bring, let's just call it a cohort of those who would like to explore and commit to a journey like this, mm-hmm. or even training cross-collaboratively with other bankers at other financial brands, because it can feel like a, a lonely journey. Are there opportunities to learn this together, to teach this internally at a financial brand, to really elevate a group of, of bankers to a, to a new level?
0: I do. And sometimes you'll find that there are already people on staff that have created their own personal brand. They just don't realize it. And that's usually the case. You've already kind of built this brand. It's already, it already lives somewhere. You just haven't recognized it and given attention to it. And so what we've done at Grand Savings Bank is that we have recognized individuals who have an active social following, or who are active themselves in a social space. And so we created a group called the Grand Ambassadors. So it's like brand ambassadors, only with a play on the word grand. Yes. And so they they are really great ambassadors to our marketing initiatives. So not only are they representatives within our different markets that we are in and making sure that the that the, there's marketing buy-in and understanding and brand protection and all of those kinds of things. But also we give training on different mar- uh, social media platforms. And so when we have different kinds of content that go out there to help us beat the algorithm as a financial brand on a social platform, go like, share, comment, do all the things so that, that we're getting that engagement and the algorithm is triggered. And so it's been really helpful to see social growth from having this group of employees who are trusted members of the community by our customer base promoting our brand in the social space. So they're not only, it's not only just us posting on social media, but we also have this really fantastic group of employees that is sharing this content. And so it just really spreads that message. We find that people trust those individuals more than they would the bank's brand, I guess, which is odd, but that's just how it is. Yep. So getting them trained on how to do that and to help tell the story for you by using your compliant, ready <laughs> content that's already posted through the bank's social platforms is just a is a great strategy and it's been very helpful for us. And also they, they are great for us within the community space. So we're a small bank and we need them engaged in the community and telling us the events that they have, so that we can help be a a good supporter in that way. So we kind of have a social group and then we have a community group but they all live within that Grand Ambassador platform. And so I definitely think there's a lot of opportunity to do that with internally. And then also to take your top producers and say, you realize that you have a ton of opportunity either within LinkedIn engage with realtors there, engage with centers of influence, whatever it is that you need to be engaging with, you can do that on LinkedIn and it not, let, not look like you're trying to get another job. You know, LinkedIn used to have that stigma, I feel like, and now it's not, it's, a, it's more of a opportunity to network and Absolutely. bankers should, should use that.
2: And what you're speaking to is a very practical example of what we would call a smag. I wrote about this in Banking on Digital Growth, and a smag is an acronym for a social media advocacy group to, once again, kind of beat the algorithm to get more organic engagement. And it comes back to also people typically engage more with an individual's post than a post coming from the corporate brand. Absolutely. And to this point about just learning from others, who are others that have built brands and we've mentioned a few of them already, but, but from your lens of the world, who are others that have built personal brands that you might recommend the dear listener connect with, follow, learn from?
0: Oh, sure. My friend, John Oxford from Renaissance Bank. I joke with him that he's the boy banker and I'm the girl banker. Um, He's been a fantastic friend and um, supporter and, and we support each other. Him and Josh Mabus of the Mabus Agency have... A marketing money podcast. That's definitely one to listen to. You can hear their banter back and forth, which is very entertaining as well as educational. So the two of them, I think are, are, are fantastic people in the space. You men- mentioned Jody, who is now at Social Assurance. Um, again, just that network of people that I've been able to connect with online and then meet in real life. It's like we've known each other forever, but we've we really only seen each other in person maybe a handful of times that we interact right. daily in the social space. I love Emily Mays, who's at Community Spirit Bank down in alabama and um, again small community bank but she has really been a huge advocate of of her bank but also icba and just has really put herself out there and has done a great job from from building her brand but yeah there's there's a lot of great people that are in this community banking space that are telling these fun stories and are adding this human element to what community banking is and taking a relatively boring, unsexy topic and making it fun and engaging. And there's a lot of great people out there. If if you want, I often highlight these individuals in some capacity on my Instagram stories. And sometimes um, I've interviewed several of them on um, my podcast but I'm forever, forever grateful for all that that group of people that has inspired me and that I've been able to connect with, both virtually and in person.
2: Yeah, and shout out to John Oxford once again because he was a guest on episode number 32 when he was launching his book, uh, No More Next Time. So John is a, is a great guy, and, and highly recommend going to pick up his book on Amazon. This has been a fantastic conversation, Natalie, and I think a lot of practical. Insights steps that someone listening could take. This is a big commitment once again, so let's let's break this down into just a smaller. <laughs> like, what is one thing, one key insight, one takeaway? You mentioned you know, speaking at the financial brand, and and I love how Jeffrey he's always encouraging those that speak there to provide some practicality to wrap things up. So, what's that one key insight? One small micro commitment that someone could make, even today, when it comes to building a personal brand as a banker? What would that be?
0: I think that the first thing you have to do is understand and recognize where you add value. And sometimes I know specifically for women, it's hard to do that. We have imposter syndrome, and we think that we don't add value. Mm -hmm. But knowing that, hey, you've got really good social media skills you understand how the algorithm works or you're really good at creating content or your story in general and how you got into banking is one worth listening to. Figuring out what value it is that you have. I mean, that was that was really my first step was being convinced that people would listen to what I had to say because I had to convince myself that initially I just didn't think that I I brought anything to the table and now recognizing that, Hey, I do. And it's, it does add value to to this women in banking space and it's necessary and it is needed. So figuring out what that is, will take you a long way.
2: And for those that are listening and might be wondering what value do I have to give? What value do I have to offer? I want to just, I want to affirm you that you do have something to give. You do have something to offer. And maybe as a practical action item, take five minutes and just sit down, do some reflective writing around coming back to your point, Natalie, what, what sets you on fire, what gets you excited? And where have you been able to apply that thinking to create value for others? But then also go and ask five people, and get some reflection back and see where those patterns match up or where there might be some disconnect and it's where the patterns match up, that's perhaps that niche opportunity for you to lean in and focus on. Natalie, if if someone's listening, they want to to continue the conversation that we've started today, maybe they have some questions, maybe they just want to connect and, and learn from you, follow you. What's the best way for them to reach out, connect, say hello with you online?
0: Absolutely. So, Natalie at thegirlbanker.com, and I'm the Girl Banker on Instagram, I'm the Girl Banker on Facebook. If you are a woman in banking, I would love to invite you to the Girl Banker Facebook group. You do have to answer a couple of questions. We do take this seriously to protect the integrity of the group. That's really important to us. So, join the group there. Check out the blog, thegirlbanker.com, and the Girl Banker podcast.
2: Awesome. Connect with Natalie, learn from Natalie. And really, I I think the idea of the group, the community, it's a collaborative opportunity, bringing this conversation full circle. So once again, Natalie, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Banking on Digital Growth.
0: Thank you so much.
2: As always, and until next time, be well, do good, and make your bed.